0: You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, hey, good morning. It's great to see you today. Last week of a three-weeker where we're just trying to talk about this next thing that we do here. Like it's part of our DNA where we, we are forward-looking people. We are always thinking about what does God have next for us, right? I wouldn't want to be a part of any other kind of group that looks at the past or is preoccupied with the present and doesn't think about what's next, right? I think you're probably doing that in your lives. I hope that's what you're doing in your lives. In fact, I would say that you have a, you're in a healthy place in your lives if there's a part of you that's always planning ahead, thinking ahead, expecting what's next, what's the new thing, what, what can happen, right? And that's who we are as a church. We're healthy. We are, we've always been in a good place, or maybe I shouldn't say it. Some of you are like, you have no idea, pastor. I don't know, but it seems like you've always been in a good place. But like, there's a part of us that to stay in a good place is looking forward, right? And so we've built into our DNA this, I, this idea of November is where we, we challenge you and we give you the opportunity to think ahead with us and to be willing to partner. Obviously, the church is a place that, 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 is, that, that runs on uh, our gifts, our talents, our resources of of its people, right? That's the way God has constructed it. And so this next campaign that we do every year is simply a way for you to say, you know what, I believe in what you're doing. I believe in what, well, I believe in what God's doing. And I believe that you're sensitive to God's call and that because of who we've been and how God has been faithful already, that we're ready to continue to live into what he has next, Right, so you have a card there. You can look at that. You can go online. We just ask you, hey, are you willing to come alongside us and and partner in resources for a capital campaign, for buildings, for stuff? Stuff is what is it's a vehicle, it's a tool for us to do ministry. And you know, as I was. Finishing last week and and thinking about uh, uh, what I was going to talk about this week, I have this Tuesday morning uh, Bible or Bible study prayer group. Right? Honestly, it's become the, one of the highlights of my week. Um, anybody set seven o'clock? Sound good to you? Yeah, not, me neither. But I love my seven to eight on on uh, Tuesday mornings, and we read and we pray. And somebody came to me. Uh, this week and said, listen, I know you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the history of this place, but you talked about generosity this week. And I just want you to know that this church, this church has been a place of remarkable generosity through the years. That you haven't, you haven't went from the little place on Grand Avenue to the corner of Cole and Diller, and all the lives changed without people epitomizing, living into being generous. In fact, this person said, you wanna know honestly, my family, my grandma believed so much in the mission of this church early on that she would take on side jobs. She had a side hustle, <laughs> washing things so that she could take money in and just give it to the church. And then he looked at me and said, you know how second service you said, the Lord probably is not gonna ask you to sell your house, right, amen? All of us are like, "Eh, thank the Lord. I'm teasing. He said, well, yeah, you know what? My grandpa actually did sell his house and gave everything to the church. I'm like, whoa, better be careful what I say. Like, I say that not to tell you to sell your house, but to tell you that this church has been built on remarkable generosity. And that in that generosity, God has done amazing things. And as we continue to be an inclusive, generous people. Remember the first week I talked about that the book of Acts shows us that the people of God are an inclusive people. We are a break, barrier, drop, label kind of group. The gospel is for everyone. And the way we look at everyone is we just see what God can do in your life. We don't care where you came from. We don't care about your background, your history, your stops, your starts, your failures, your record. None of that. And we don't care what side of the track you came from or what social place you have in society or what economic status you have. We don't care about any of that. We're not the country club church. And we're not, we're, we are the church for everybody. That's what. That's where the kingdom has always thrived. And the way that we look at our neighborhoods and the people that come and the ministries we do is always the belief that God is no respecter of persons. That's what Acts tells us, right? And says that we just have this outlook that the person I pass in the grocery store is as loved and valued by God as that important meaning I had on Tuesday morning with the other person, amen? It's when we have this kind of mindset that the book of Acts did. I mean, that's what it was. it was. It's a missionary book. People compelled to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth because they just believed that everybody mattered. The gospel was for everybody. That's why the last 15 chapters or whatever is Paul going through missionary journeys and going to all sorts of places where he's the new guy and he doesn't fit in, he doesn't look like them, he doesn't act like them, he doesn't believe like them and it's uncomfortable for him, but he's compelled by one thing, that God loves the world. And how does that relate to us in Lima? We believe that, that every part of Lima, every person in Lima is a candidate for the redeeming, Grace of Jesus Christ. That's pretty easy, right? Amen? Wow. You guys are half asleep, aren't you? Because that's just like throwing red meat out there. Like, that's pretty easy. But then also, we see in the book of Acts that they were marked by generosity. That's what I talked about last week. That they believed in something bigger than themselves, that they knew they could be a part of something bigger than their own little kingdoms. That they saw what they had in their time and in their talents and in their resources as something that could be used if God saw fit to advance this greatest message in the world, this greatest organization in the world, this life-giving kingdom that Jesus Christ represents and was all about. And so they're like, you know what? I just, I hold on to everything loosely because I believe in something bigger than my thing. And always when the church has impacted a place, it's been with the mindset of everybody and generosity. So this third word I wanna look at this week, and if you're new, if you haven't come the first two weeks, you can look it up online and kind of walk through that the book of Acts is the model There's 28 chapters. It's the writing of God's story through his church that we are a continuation of. And we are chapter, I I don't know what we're chapter of, 310, I don't know. But God is still writing this story and this chapter's being written. But yet we've seen that the story that started in Acts, kind of the theme of the book of God's story interacting with mankind through his church, it has the same principles. Like what happened in Acts is still what needs to happen or should happen today in the 21st century. And that's why we've, we've looked at the book of Acts and understood, okay, if I'm gonna invest, if I'm gonna believe, if I'm gonna come alongside the church, what's it about, what's it doing, what does it believe in, and has it worked? And the book of Acts shows this is what you should be about, this is what you should believe in, and absolutely it changes the world. And so we've talked about inclusion, generosity. This last word, for this little series is the word integrity, that the church should be a place of integrity, amen? Amen. We've had a little too much of the other happening, haven't we? And honestly, if you ask people why they are not believers, the number one response is not Jesus. The number one response always and consistently as I am not a part of that because the people that are in that, right? Have you ever been that person? Yeah, they're a bunch of hypocrites or whatever. So yeah, this is a hugely important thing that if the kingdom's gonna thrive and the book of Acts shows us that they were people of integrity, And this is what I want to explain that this morning in being. This phrase, the integrity of God's people to restore is shown through us. The integrity of God's plan to restore is shown through us why we must be a people of integrity, why we need to embody the life and the lifestyle of our king, and what the the book of Acts is repeatedly showing these people did is to call the world to this plan God has to restore the world, and the integrity of this plan is shown most powerfully through his people. You see, how you live is a huge part of how God wants to show the world his love, his grace, and his mercy. The integrity of God's plan to restore is shown through us. Look at, let's just walk down through some of these verses in Acts. 28 chapters, three Sundays. I mean, it's an overview, right? Right? It's a flyover. I can't get down deep into Acts. Maybe that's sometime down the road. But we're gonna do a flyover, so to speak. Acts chapter two, first sermon in Acts. Right? Peter's preaching the first sermon. I I, I, will share with this for for a moment. Like I was reading through Acts again and again, right? And kind of just trying to to, to allow it to shape what I saw and what we're supposed to communicate. And I came across a story where the Apostle Paul was preaching one night and he preached so long he preached till midnight. And I felt so much better about myself. (laughs) And he actually preached so long that he put a guy to sleep, true story, Read it in the book of Acts. And the kid was sitting in the window listening to Paul and Paul just kept droning on and he fell out of the window and died. Well, and then Paul went down outside and healed him and he lived. Quite a story, but um, like, I just stopped feeling bad about myself. <laughs> like I haven't killed anybody in my sermons and I haven't preached till midnight yet. So I'm okay. Cause sometimes I go home and I'm like, man, just say it quicker, Chip. Like, well, you know what? I'm in great company, the Apostle Paul, right? But this is the first sermon, Peter. And in the middle of that, he said this, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look at how he continues to talk in this same sermon. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that may he may send the messiah who has been appointed for you even Jesus heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to do what to restore everything as he promised long ago in his holy prophets you see what the 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 message of the early church was God's plan is if you will see this world as completely backwards, as broken, headed in the wrong direction, its philosophies, its ways, if you'll see it for what it is, is broken. And if you'll be willing to turn and believe in the message of Jesus Christ, you will experience the life that God has always designed for you you will come to peace with God through the forgiveness of sins. Because in the work of Jesus, as he dies on the cross, I always explain it like this or try to understand it like this, is the sins of the whole, if you have a scales, right? And the sins of the whole world are piling up and they're tipping the scales like this, right? And, and, and Jesus' work on the cross, it's like it, when he steps on the other side of the scales, his one work, his one death, the very son of God dying, it doesn't just even the scales out, it does this. That's how powerful the work of Jesus is in the eyes of God in relation to our sin. And if I'm willing to turn from this world, repent and believe in and trust in the work of Christ, the life of Christ, the, the teachings of Christ, I will walk into what God has always intended and designed for me to live. And that was the message of these guys. Repent, turn, there's forgiveness, there's new purpose. I mean, listen, as you continue through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 11, when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God saying, so that even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance, turning from this world and its systems, its philosophies, even its religions. The religions of this world are built on something that is not grace. It's always merit. It's always do enough good things, be moral enough, even it out, do more good than bad. That's kind of all this stuff. It's, it's, it's built on what you can do. And the gospel is the gospel of grace that says, there is nothing I can do. I am beyond hope. I am broken. I could do good the rest of my life. I could do all the moral things and it still would fall short of the glory of God. And yet in Christ himself dying for our cross or dying for our sins on the cross, he's the one that can fix me. And Acts chapter 11 says this, so that even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So they're, 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 they're consistently communicating this new way of life, this alternative to what the world has offered. And what he is saying is, listen, God's, plan is to restore the world to its original design. And you, my people who have called out and trusted and believed in me, when you live out my purposes, when you live out my will, you reveal to the world all around you what that is, that God is gracious and kind. He's loving and he's forgiving. And he actually wants to give us new life and new purposes. This is why in Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there at this place, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Even the signs and wonders that were done all through the book of Acts. Like I'm thinking about as I'm reading this, it's like, whoa, there's another miracle, there's another miracle, there's another miracle. What do I say about the miracles? We're going to walk through acts this is what the church looks like like there's signs and wonders and it began to hit me though again as I've known this is Jesus himself did all these signs and wonders he healed people and and raised people to life it it wasn't really primarily for the benefit of that person right then even though if I'm a blind guy and I can see I'm I'm, I'm good I'll take it The signs and wonders are always pointing to the power of God, the validity of Jesus Christ, and the reality that for all of us, God has the power to fix our greatest brokenness, our greatest need, and that is our soul. He does signs, he heals people so that you and I might know that he can heal what's broken in all of us. Amen. Stay with me here. In fact, Acts chapter 15, is they're they're throwing out this new plan of God and saying, listen, understand what God is, is wanting to do with this creation, what he's wanting to do in your life, believe in this alternative view, forsake the world and all of its philosophies and teachings and cultural views. Will you walk away from all of that and say, I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ and him alone, his 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 work, His teaching, his lifestyle is now going to be mine. In fact, in Acts chapter 15, when they came together in this important church council, and and this is what was said. Acts 15, verse 16. After this, I will return, he quotes the scripture, and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who do these things, things known from long ago. He's saying, listen, what God has always planned to do is I will return, rebuild the ruins, and I will restore this earth. All it needs for this to be shown to the world is the integrity of our lives in this purpose, right? I say all it needs I mean he's doing what he does, but what, what moves along his mission in our world is when we live out our faith amongst the world. The integrity of God's plan, is shown to restore, is shown through. Us. And so it's true when First Peter would say this: you, church, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of, of Him who has called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And where I wanna land today, I said all this to say that, or I said all that to say this. Like, thanks, you just wasted 15 minutes of my life. (laughs) I'm trying to build a point here. But what the early church modeled and what we're called to model is exactly what Jesus Christ himself taught us in Matthew chapter five. As Matthew chapter five is that Sermon on the Mount, I mean like you understood life this way and I'm gonna blow up everything you know. I'm gonna teach you that life is really like this. Blessed are you, and then he goes into poor in spirit, merciful, hungry, right? All these things that like if you want to experience life as it was originally designed, believe this. Now, it's so countercultural to the world around you. The fallen world has established these ways of thought that have captivated men for generation after generation. And you think that living is really in what you possess and what power and what you control and what you experience. But I tell you that actually life, the life that God interacts with, the life of God himself is this. This is when you're blessed. Remember then the Beatitudes. And he comes to this point and he says, when you live out the Beatitudes, he says this, you are the salt of the earth. (laughs) The church in Acts was the salt of the earth. Well, I'm a community church. Jesus says to us in 2022, you are, are to be the salt of the earth. That what God has always designed and purposed, he wants you, he wants us to show the rest of the world what that is. You are the salt of the earth. I, I begin to think about this again. You, you are, you is plural, He's talking about a collective body of believers. You, church, are the salt of the earth. Has anybody ever put one grain of salt on food? Imagine how silly that is, how it doesn't change anything. I don't even know, can you get a grain of salt? I don't think you can. Like it's absurd to think that you here is not plural. Why that matters is the church together is the salt of the earth. This idea that, uh, I do my own thing, have my own relationship with God, kind of, I don't really need church, and uh, Jesus is looking at you saying, what? That's whack. Do you think Jesus would say that? (laughs) I'm interested one of these days to see if he'll be like, shouldn't have said that. He's like, you're crazy, you don't understand what I'm about, the mission of who I am, to bring you into the body of Christ. You together are the salt of the earth. How you live in relationship to one another and how together you together serve the world is the salt of the earth. It's an emphatic pronoun. You are the salt, nobody else. Can I say it this way? You and I are God's plan A and there really is no plan B. You are the salt of the earth. Let's talk about why he would use salt. You know, today that's no big deal to us, right? You go buy a salt shaker for two bucks. But in his culture and time, salt was one of the most valuable commodities in the world. In fact, there was a word for it, theon. Theon, it has theos. It was, it was considered a divine product. It was that important. In fact, the Romans said nothing was more valuable than the sun and salt because in a day without refrigeration, the only way that they could preserve their food was to salt it. So valuable was it at that time when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, was oftentimes soldiers and people would be paid not in currency, but with salt. I mean, even to this day, we still, what, what word in relation to your paycheck do you think comes from salt? Salary. Salary, Salary is based from the word salt. That's how important salt was in that day. In fact, you've probably heard this too, but if you were a lousy soldier or a lousy worker in that day, you weren't worth your salt. You were the salt of the earth. And when Jesus says this, he's also telling us something else. He's telling us that the world needs salt, that something's wrong that the world is decaying, it is corrupting, right? If the world needs salt, then something's going on that needs to be helped because that was the nature of what salt did. Can I remind you that we live in a world that has fallen, broken, and it's not going to get better on its own? The philosophies of today that will tell you, well man, you know, we're just all, I think we're just all good. Have you heard that? Yeah. I just think people innately are good. Really? Have you lived a little bit? Yeah. Have you read a history book? People are not good. And the scriptures say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus here is supposing that we understand that the world needs salt because it's decaying, it's corrupting. I thought about salt, what does it do? Why would he use this? I was reminded that salt preserves quality, right? And that day it was super important. You had food, you didn't have refrigeration, you have a desert and 120 degrees. Do you understand how that goes very quickly? Salt, if you'd rub it in the meat, it would stop its decay. It would keep that meat in its original design to be cooked and eaten without spoiling. And Jesus is saying, you church, are the salt of the earth, in the earth. You are the ones that as you live out this gospel of grace, of being forgiven, restored, renewed, redeemed, new life in Christ, you are the thing in this world that is showing the rest of the world this was the original design. This is what God always had in mind. This is what God wants to do people living in relationship with him, having life through him, and living out his purposes in this world, becoming like Jesus Christ. Salt preserves quality, does it not? He's saying, this world needs you to help it see what God desires for this world. Or I would say this, I'm using my youth pastor language here, living salty keeps evident the original design. This world needs us to be people who live it out desperately because the integrity of God's plan to restore is shown through us. How in the world is a fallen world gonna see Jesus if they don't see it in us? And Saul preserves the quality. He's saying, hey, please, live it out. Live out the kingdom values. You show the world the original design. I thought about some other things like salt builds flavor, right? 21st century, we're like, yeah. We got refrigerators now. We don't need salt. to. We just want salt to make things taste better, right? Some of you salt food before you even taste it, Amen. Yeah, like it builds flavor, right? Whoa, man, that's so good! (laughs) You're the salt of the earth. That when you live this new life in Christ, when you live out the kingdom, and it's it's not dysfunctional, and it's full of peace and joy. There's love. There's harmony in relationships. There's looking out for one another. There's purpose and meaning. Like that builds flavor. People are looking on like, wow, I want a piece of that. I'll take some of that. That looks really, really good. The other thing it does is it... um, it works with thirst, okay? I spent a lot of time this week reading about salt. I did too much reading. And I took in too much, and I couldn't like put it out there very succinctly for you. I'm like, if you try to get up there and spit out what you've read, we're gonna be here till one o'clock, and it's gonna be very boring. But what I can tell you, I did once again remember and learn some new things is that salt works in, in concert with your thirst. It, it's, it's like chip companies know this, right? Like PepsiCo, they like, or whatever companies they like, they do this. Like, <laughs> they like, they make chips and they're really salty and they taste really good, but they're really salty. And so what do you naturally do when you're eating chips? I need a drink. And then they supply the drink. And so they just, they've got us going and coming. Like we're buying chips and buying drinks and they're buying their fifth home in Jamaica. (laughs) It's a really good racket. Because there's something about thirst and salt. You get what I'm saying? Without jumping into the whole, the, the physics of it and the biology of it, it's pretty, I challenge you to read it. It's pretty cool. That's why athletes, are doing more than drinking water. They're replacing this. But it works with thirst. And I would just say this, that living salty causes people to desire kingdom living. This is why this matters. This is why we believe in what's next, because we're the salt of the earth. And the people in Acts showed it first, and we're called to continue to reveal it. Repent, turn from the broken systems of this world and find a new life in Christ and the purposes of, of kingdom living. And we're it. And if we go away, they are not gonna see and know. And we've got to live into that being salty. He does say that he does say that the salt can lose its flavor, right? This is the whole, live it out, guys. Don't talk about it, walk it, because it's really bad. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be, kept be made salty again? It's good for nothing, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. In that day, salt, we didn't, they didn't have the ability to keep it pure like we do a little bit more today, and it would get mixed with other chemicals, and it would go bad, and you'd like go to taste and it, like, ugh. It's not salty anymore, it's just nasty. It was so bad that it was good for nothing and they wouldn't throw it in the field because it would kill the plants, they would throw it on the pathway and walk over it because it just killed everything and it created, right? He's saying, listen, be the salt of the earth. Now remember, you can lose that if you don't walk what you talk, you become like useless salt. And the world doesn't want that. It's terrible. It's a distaste. And unfortunately, the church, when it hasn't lived out its principles, has been what to the world? Distasteful. This is a word of warning by Jesus. Like, you get to be a part of this, but be a part of it and understand. He also says this You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's kind of like he's saying, you're the salt of the earth. This is the walk. The light of the world is the talk. And you can talk and walk. And when you do, you show the world the glorious gospel of God's grace, the kingdom. What he reminds us of is light is always stronger than darkness, you're the light of the world. Not one time, light light is really just the abs, or darkness is just really the absence of light. There's no competition. As soon as light comes in, it chases darkness. Like this room can be dark and we can turn on just a little light and it begins to chase the darkness away, right? He's reminding of these things. And he says this, Peter said this, live, your, live such good lives among pagans, that though they accuse you maybe of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. You see, if I look at the book of Acts, I see a people that believed in the kingdom, called people to the kingdom, presented this new and living way. In fact, in the book of Acts, they were called the people of the way, right? Read it. They're the people of the way. Somebody after first service says, hey, you know there's a group over by Van Wert that's called the way? Like, oh yeah, you're right. I know about them. That's not our way. But there is a way. They were inclusive, they were generous, and they brought integrity to God's plan to restore. They were the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And when you and I walk the walk, talk the talk, are authentic, real, growing, not perfect. Did you hear me say perfect? I didn't say perfect one time. Good luck with that. Have fun on your journey toward that. They changed the world and we'll change ours. We'll change our community. We'll preserve the quality of God's original design. We'll show the world this is what it was meant to be. And we'll do so in such a way that it builds flavor, it creates thirst, people are attracted. What in the world has happened in their lives? Why does that make so much sense? Why are they so happy? Why do they make good decisions? Why do they get along with each other? Why do they do things together that makes no sense? They don't make any money from it. They just go serve and love on people. What's that about? I want a piece of that, right? And we get to continue to write the next chapter like the book of Acts did. Father, we have so much hope. We believe in something next because we believe in who you are. And as your people, Lord, we know that this is the work that you do. And we long to be a part of that. We desire to not only experience the, the reclaiming, renewing, restoring grace of God in our own lives as you continue to do that, but we also desire for others to experience it. And we believe in your power and your ability to do it. That's why we believe in what's next. Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving us a roadmap through the believers in Acts. Help us to be a breaking barriers, dropping label people. Help us to be a live outside of ourselves and live for bigger than ourselves people. And help us to embody what it is to be the salt of the earth <laughs> that which preserves the original design, that which causes people to hunger and thirst for what you can do in their lives. We pray this in Jesus name. And all God's people said. Amen. amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.